Welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel, where I've been getting to talk to travel industry professionals in all different verticals and seeing a little bit more about what they're doing, what they're working on. And I'm excited because today's guest uh, has a bit of a different background than, than some of the other guests that we've had. So I've got on today John Wolf, who is the CEO of House Advantage. But more than that, he's also the CEO of eTouch Menu, Axiom Cyber Solutions, and uh, has his fingers in at least seven different companies. Um, so without further ado, I definitely want to, go, want to go ahead and bring him on. Um, John, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Sarah. It's uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to it all week. Yeah, well, I have to say, okay, in, in, you know, doing a little bit of my research, preparing to to have a chat with you. Your background is really impressive um, because obviously there's a whole tech aspect, hospitality, um, but then also you are very active within nonprofits as well too, and. Um, I love that because it's, it's a very well-rounded sort of background. But to bring our listeners up to speed, um, could you share just a little bit about what your background is and, and who, who you are and what you've been working on? <laughs> you know what? My, my background's pretty diverse. I, I really have done a lot of different things, but I, I really kind of uh, grew up in the gaming industry um, you know, building different resorts and hotels and restaurants and all of that uh, as, as part of our destination resorts. Uh, and I was lucky to be able to become a CIO of a, of a very large company at 27. Wow. So, um, you know, you, you and you're completely immersed in it for several years at that point. Right. And uh, yeah. fortunately, I, I worked for a company that was very much about the perspective of the customer. Right. That's where we work back from in everything that we did, how they perceive things, how they were treated, um, how, how to make their experiences really great. And I, you couldn't ask for a better uh, school to grow up in. Right. To get ready for, you know, uh, the chapter when you start working for yourself and, and doing totally. you know all the things that really make you happy. Right. So yeah. so that's really where my background is. Um, you know, right now I've got a, a collection of, of companies. Um, I've got House Advantage, which does loyalty for a lot of different companies and industries, but primarily focused on the gaming industry. That's where we've done well with products like M Life or MGM Resorts, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know we're now doing uh, uh, we've done Boyd Gaming, we've got uh, office over in Asia. I mean, so we've done pretty well uh, creating uh, loyalty programs and technology for the gaming industry and other. Uh, related items. We also bought a company called eTouch Menu, which does okay. uh, a lot of, well, you know, now it looks like the most obvious thing out there, right? Thanks to the pandemic where right. you've got all this electronic ordering and contactless payment. And uh, yeah, now I look like a, like I'm brilliant, but that's not really why we bought it. Um, you know, we, we did that as an extension of our house advantage technology, because we thought that the data around people buying things and how they bought things and, and how they made decisions while these things were in flight was a very important aspect of what we did in loyalty and, and, and understanding consumer habits. So uh, yeah. that's why we made the eTouch the e menu play. Um, I also have a cybersecurity company and you go, well, how are those related? Well, <laughs> listen, if you're going to, if, if our whole lives are immersed in technology, yeah, right? Well, isn't, isn't, you know, cybersecurity, the most uh, effective counter bet you can make. You Definitely. can't have more immersion in technology without, uh, you know, all of these cybersecurity issues. And, and when you've got people on the other side of the globe that 
that's how they go to work every day. I mean, they sit down mm -hmm. at a desk and their job is to just uh, absolutely plunder American companies and take them for all they've got and and that kind of stuff. And the pandemic has been a lightning rod for that kind of activity. And, yeah. um, it, you know, again, you, you kind of start to see those lifestyle elements that I talk about coming into play about technology, data, um, you know, all that lifestyle technology is, is really where it's at. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned, because you mentioned this right before we started. I mean, you're talking about lifestyle technology, but this like lifestyle entrepreneurship, you know, and that you're touching on all of these, um, which I mean, to me, it, it, it makes sense. But I, I think all too often, it, um, and again, we were just talking about this uh, just prior to this, is that it, it makes such a difference when it's you're you're building businesses around things that you're passionate about and things that you do, you know. So um, I love that. That's what you're how you've kind of built everything. Yeah, and 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 on the surface, they don't look related at all. And then when you talk about it a little bit, they they start to line up like they're kind of obvious relationships. So yeah. uh, I kind of like that. But no, listen, lifestyle. I, I tend to invest and build where I live and spend all my time and. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm a lifestyle consumer, first and foremost, there are things yeah. I like to buy, there are things, ways I like to spend my time and all of these items kind of complement that. So I approach a lot of my work as a consumer first, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think that helps make our companies a lot more effective uh, and be disruptive, right? Totally, totally. And, you know, by the way, I wanted to kind of come back to what you were saying before, but this element of, of data, you know, it's like, I mean, you, you were touching on it, but I mean, that understanding the decisions that consumers make. I mean, all of that feeds into each other. So uh, yeah, you, when you do a deeper dive, the companies do all make sense as far as, you know, how they're related. Yeah. And, and you know, initially on the outset, they, they don't look related. And, and um, but it's, uh, you know, there's nothing more important that, I mean, you hear what a, what a commodity data is all on yeah. its own now. Right. 100%, and, yeah. and then understanding consumer habits mm -hmm. and then understanding the laws around protection of data and then understanding mm -hmm. the technology that protects data. I mean, they're all very complementary. So we're yeah. kind of excited to be in all aspects of that. We think we've got an interesting combination, even though it didn't happen really as a matter of science. Sometimes yeah. it was just kind of uh, we saw an opportunity at the time and we took it and we're kind of excited about the way things are going. Yeah, well, it's, it's also a more organic approach to it as well, too. So, um, which I think always kind of like um, in the long run works out in, in your favor a bit more. So wanting to hear from you just because of your involvement in, in these different businesses, which are different aspects of the industry, um, certainly last year was a challenge. <laughs> it's, it's arguably still a challenge for, you know, the travel and hospitality industry. Um, did your, any of your companies focus on doing things differently throughout the year? And um, and were there any wins from that? Because I'm sure they had to make different pivots in, in different ways. Um, so I think there's been nothing but wins from that. Yeah. And and awesome. I know that everybody doesn't feel the same way. I think, I think you have when you have a crisis like that happen. And we had different customers. We had those that shut down. Mm -hmm. And then there were those that called us and said, how are we going to make the best use of this time? So yeah. that when things do finally emerge, we're out in front or we've taken a quantum leap forward. And what are those things we need to be thinking about? Right. And, and so um, we took a lot of the path that our customers did, which is how are we going to use this time to really advance our products? What are the yeah. things we need to leave behind? What do we need to be ready to offer uh, the minute that, uh, that, that things start to turn back on and those lights start blinking and 
slot machines are on casino floors and, and, and all of that. And um, so we ended up with a lot of wins in every one of these businesses. Um, when you talk about like Axiom Cyber, I mean, we were featured, we, we had developed uh, just out of happenstance, a new uh, home unit uh, called Hack Trap. Uh, oh, wow. to protect, uh, all, you know, because again, lifestyle technology, right? I, I did my place in LA and I had the opportunity to redo it. And I did it with all the latest technology. So even my washer yeah. and dryer are on the internet. Don't, don't get me going. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Love it. But when you do that, you start going, look at all these invitations we're giving to people to come into our homes mm-hmm. and take advantage of us, right? From the thermostat to my vent hood, to my refrigerator and everything else in between. Everything. And so we developed this uh, consumer uh, unit called Hack Trap, and then all of a sudden, all of this hits with the pandemic. We're featured on Fox Business, and we're inundated, right? And, yeah. and, and unfortunately, all my kids are assembling units to get shipped out, and and that kind of stuff. So I think you know, from a cybersecurity standpoint, you had a lot of people, you know, to work from home, the school from home, and all of that kind of stuff created a convergence on a lot of our technology that we have been working on. And, uh, and, and cybersecurity continues, continues mm-hmm. to be such a huge thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, just when you think it's getting better, you find out it's getting worse with ransomware and all that kind of stuff, sure. both personally and with companies, right? Yeah. So, so that's, that's one way. I think also with eTouch Menu, I mean, digital payments, we had been working on that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and people were resistant to that change. They totally were, you know, they were resistant and and they didn't want to use the technology. And, you know, we had the tablets all over the airports and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We had the barcodes and, and people were slow to adopt until you have to adopt. Yeah. And, and these things are not going away. That territory is not going to be given back. And, um, and so, you know, we think that's a progression of where, where industries and certain consumers were slow to adopt technology. They, they fought tooth and nail all the way there, right? And all of a sudden it gave way and, and it's not coming back. You know, I hand somebody a $20 bill when I go to pick up coffee in the morning and they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, right? what is that? Cash? Yeah, and they don't understand what an ATM is. And they, yeah. you know, and, and so those are things that aren't coming back, but I'm not sure that that's a bad thing. Yeah. And I'm not sure that, but I, I do think we had some accelerated adoption of some technology that we fortunately have been working on and, and uh, we had some resistance. And yeah. now, now we've got a lot of people embracing that, accelerating that. And now it's, it's more, they can't get resources back to work. So now the technology yeah. is now providing an alternative to a, a severely lacking workforce. So now we're filling a lot exactly. of orders around self-ordering technology, self-payment technologies, and that kind of stuff for our customers. And um, uh, so those are things that kind of became big wins and uh, because people are having to adjust to the new normal, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, our technology was ready. We needed to make some tweaks and that sure. kind of stuff and adjustments, but um, we're moving very, very quickly in that space. Well, it's so interesting because obviously, I'm, you know, knowing the industry so so well intimately and seeing how there, there were certain pieces that were in play beforehand, but this resistance. And now it's like, okay, because of external circumstances, had as you said, it's like certain changes were were accelerated, um, and so I'm really curious and excited to kind of see just how things will continue, you know, moving ahead. Um, I actually wanted to talk to you a bit about also like the loyalty programs because there's also been like a lot of of talk about that as of late. You know, just as people are shifting their mindset and maybe 
you know, plan, understanding maybe the value of loyalty programs and all that. So do you see them changing in the future or do you see it being more valuable than ever? Like what's your kind of viewpoint on that or what are you seeing? They've never been more valuable. Yeah. Right. But what defines a loyalty program is changing dynamically. It's mm -hmm. really becoming a lot more robust. But, you know, because of the role of technology now versus 18 months ago, right? Mm -hmm. Technology is now starting to define the whole experience. Yeah. Right. And and people always talk about that millennials are some of the most least loyal customers ever. And that's that's not the truth. It's what they determine is the experience, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you've got a high-end steakhouse, there's only so much better you can make a steak. Yeah. Right? There's, and, and everybody's selling the same bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. The only way that you can make it better is, is the way you wrap it up in service and technology and delivery and how well you know your experience. customer. Because those are going to be the things that matter the most. And it's incredibly competitive out there, right? So you better be doing those things really, really well. That's how people are being evaluated as the entire business experience rather than mm -hmm. just the meal, right? It's not up to just the kitchen. Now the kitchen's got to get it right, but you yeah, got to yeah, get all those other things right because that makes up the entire experience. So, you know, loyalty programs are, are now foundational rather mm -hmm. where before I think they've been kind of optional, right? Yeah. You, you better know your customer. You better be competitive. You better be talking to them all the time and you better be talking to them one-on-one. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Sending out a communication that's good for 10,000 people just isn't going to cut it anymore. So the, the intricacy oh. of your technology has really, really, really got to come up and it's got to be managing all aspects such as messaging, communication, badging, recognition, awarding uh, and, and, and being able to predict the long term value of a customer is really, really important. Looking yeah. at how many of the awards they're taking up versus how much money they're actually spending to look at their net overall worthiness to your business is really, really important, right? Yeah. And so those analytics are never been more important in understanding your customer and what their real value is, both in the short, medium, and long-term to your business. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. what a loyalty, hey, uh, punch of 10 cards, get a free coffee. That's not loyalty anymore. And, and that term gets used, you know, with the punch cards yeah. and all that, that kind of, of stuff. It's a much more robust proposition now. And, exactly. Very well put that it is more this. It's far more involved. Yes, it's incredibly <laughs> comprehensive. And the and the stuff that we've been working on in the last year from marketing automation and communication automation and and we're doing a lot of global projects, right? And and so now having to think about um, uh, privacy laws. Forget about just the states, you know, and now, oh, how do we handle California versus Tennessee, yeah. where, where it's the wild, wild west there, but California is now adopting more and more stringent protection around opt-in and what they can mm -hmm. use your data for. And then when you talk about Europe, it gets incredibly complex over there. <laughs> so, you know, the, the world's changing a lot in that regard. Consumers are getting a lot smarter, right? And they're, they're wanting more uh, visibility and what their data is being used for and how it's being used and having a mm -hmm. say in that. Yeah. And that puts an incredible uh, pressure on the operator because there are legal liabilities to doing it wrong. Oh, totally. So you better partner with a company who knows what they're doing yeah, and is going to make sure that they're, they're able to protect your back, right? Yeah. And that they're learning these laws and being very good at it. So uh, completely. And so what you're kind of even talking about here, even in regards to like what consumers are looking for and, and that that shift, um, of course, a lot's changed. But what 
what are there are there any trends um, or changes that you're seeing as far as like maybe in consumer behavior that maybe like here to stay that that's kind of happened over the past year? I'm trying to think what I could talk about. I know, right? No, because there's so well. I mean, there's so many because it's. I mean, you already have like touched on on so many, but it's um, obviously like this element of people are more readily available to. They're they're more readily. Um, likely to embrace, you know, technology in different aspects and like the digital pay and all of that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, right? You know, what's, you know, what's also interesting about that is even though customers may have been uh, more willing to embrace it, certain companies weren't, right? Yes, certain industries weren't. Certain industries were taking their own sweet time or they had such a robust customer base, they didn't have mm -hmm. to or they didn't yeah. think they had to, right? And I would even speak to the casino industry, and I'm going to call out my own industry quite a bit. Uh, yeah. We've been slow to embrace other technology. And so where other industries are moving a lot more rapid, now they're not as highly regulated. So that that has a big, uh, a big factor in adoption. We're regulated, True. and we're regulated at a state level. So those regulations change from state to state mm -hmm. on what we can do with our software and data and, and that kind of stuff. But you know, again, um, you've got all these other industries and we've got all this competition for entertainment dollars. And mm -hmm. I tell you what, you know, somebody releases a new phone, you know, the casino industry's lost a weekend or lost that kind of stuff. So it's highly competitive with new restaurants, new clothes, new yeah. lifestyle options that are out there. And the casino industry has been playing catch up. And uh, I think a lot of progressive companies in the gaming industry have used the downtime to try to really bolster their technology and their awareness of how yeah. to leverage these tools effectively together uh, in, in providing an experience for their customers, where before uh, they were taking their customers for granted and, uh, and just going, look, we're washing cash, we're doing well, we don't need to figure this thing out. Yeah. And um, they weren't worried about the decay of their database. And now you've got a whole new customer that has different expectations Slot machine, you know, video game kids growing up and looking at a slot machine isn't going to get it done. You better be adjusting all the things you're doing to deal with those new customers and the competitive lifestyle options that they've got available to them, right? Yeah. I mean, you bring up so many great points in regards to that because it's, and and whether it is the gaming, whether it is hospitality, it's it's really interesting because they have been so reticent to accept change and embrace change and that's now we've had to fast forward or at least play catch up <laughs> arguably so I, in some areas you've got some people that are fast forwarding I, i've got yeah. some very progressive customers like hard rock international that are just amazing forward thinking uh people that are doing you, you've got some customers where we're doing freshman algebra yeah. And then you got some customers where we're doing PhD work, right? Yeah, and, and, exactly. Makes um, sense. And we've got some really great customers that make us think hard and make us really work hard. They're, they're very good, sophisticated though. in what they're doing, and it's exciting work. It really yeah. is. Uh, and you got some that are just barely able to lace up their shoes, right? And they've got a long way to go if they're going to be competitive. And yeah. A lot of that means they've got to change out some of the teams that they've got uh, to work with, right? Oh, totally. uh, you got to sometimes you got to buy those skills from other industry and bring them in so that you can accelerate, yeah. right? And and again, that brings that job market thing back into play, where uh, the makeup of your team is so hypercritical nowadays. So critical, right? yeah. And if you're missing oh, skills, you're missing skills. They're hard to learn on your own in a vacuum. 
Oh, so true. So true. So, oh my gosh, this has been, I, I, I could literally sit here and talk to you forever about this because, I mean, I get it. It's, and I definitely understand it from obviously like a bit of a different viewpoint. But, um, but you know, just a couple couple questions before we wrap up. Um, so what are, what are some exciting projects that you and your teams might be working on that for those of us that are wanting to stay abreast as far as what you're working on, uh, what can we look forward to in the future? Oh wow! Well, we're doing a global unification uh, project, um, so we're, we're we're launching our loyalty program for one company in seventy-two countries by the end of the year. So we're very busy. That's amazing. I never thought I'd have to worry about a restaurant in Moscow, or you know, or uh, you know, down uh, over in Tokyo, or whatever, all coming together and, and managing so cool, that. Though. So we're. We're dealing with some pretty complex items there, but it's incredibly exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's bringing a lot of new capabilities into our product suite that we're relaunching back into our North American companies that uh, that are pretty exciting. But I think the other part is, is we've got uh, the gaming industry, again, is having to go through a paradigm shift with all the online gaming, the sports betting, the social gaming. And yet all mm -hmm. of those are now becoming primary business verticals for them. And we have done quite yeah. a bit of uh, development over the years, and that has finally hit. So we're, we've now integrated with companies like FanDuel and DraftKings and Betworks and all of that kind of stuff and all these non-traditional gaming companies who've now moved into the sunlight. And they've mm -hmm. now become a primary gaming outlet for our customers that have been all land-based. So now they're embracing these as primary business verticals and our integrations in those area, making sure that customers are recognized by their line of business, where they spend their money, where they spend their time, yeah. and understanding how to move them through a loyalty and tier system and recognition system based on what their primary line of business is. Because you can't treat them all the same because they're not yeah. the same customers. And how they need to be recognized and rewarded is completely different. So managing that in one program is really been, oh, that was, that was seven hours of my Saturday. So, you know, those <laughs> are really great imagine. challenges. Yeah. And I, I think there are some companies that are facing them in the near term, but ultimately it's going to be an everybody kind of challenge, uh, concern and opportunity. Yeah. To me, different. I don't think there is a concern that doesn't have an opportunity tied with it, just depending on how you look at it. And sure. you can mitigate the risk, but typically, if you look at it the right way, you can exploit an opportunity with it. I, yeah. I've never seen a problem that doesn't have an opportunity as part of the solution. Which, and I, I hopefully everybody's thinking about it that way. And that's a great, that's the best way, I think, to really, to really look at it. So, oh. This, John, by the way, this has been such a great conversation. I can't thank you enough because it's so cool to hear what you're working on and just understand a bit more of like the nuances on how all the different businesses are working together. But then this excitement for what is down the pipeline, you know, because we are on the precipice of so much more change happening. Um, and it's exciting to see what you're doing. So um, for those that have been tuning in, where can they find out more information or how to connect with you? Well, I think uh, uh, obviously on on your site, I hope. Yeah. And uh, you can go to uh, houseadvantage.com, right? Of course, is is where our loyalty company is. Um, it it ties over to eTouch Menu, and then of course Axiom Cyber Solutions.com. Um, all of our different companies are out there and doing some pretty interesting things. So 
I love it. I love it. Well, we'll be sure to have all of those links in the show notes. So, John, thank you again so much for joining us today. And for everybody that was tuning in as well, I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. We definitely did a deep dive into uh, a lot of interesting topics. So um, really, really fun show and episode. So thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned for future episodes. And as always, continue to say yes to travel. <laughs>